All right, everyone, welcome back. We are on episode two of season two of the Sit Down Community Podcast. I get to have the amazing Deanna Berry back on second episode. She came and spoke uh, just amazing gospel truth last season. So I'm so excited for her to join us again. Um, And again, my name is Stephanie. I am the facilitator, I guess co-facilitator, because I have amazing guests on um, all the time. And today we're going to be talking on biblical integrity. What is that? What does it look like lived out in the body of Christ, as well as as we interact with people who are non-believers? And how can we just really restore different aspects of the Bible that, um, you know, culture has made us think, do we really have to follow that still? Do we really have to live it out the way it says? And so we're just going to dive into that today, but I'm just going to open the floor up. Deanna, if you want to say hello again, reintroduce (laughs) yourself a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Well, first, thank you, Steph, for having me back on your second season. I just, you know, love you so much and I'm always grateful for this opportunity to connect with you and in such this way I I think like for women of you know our generation this is probably not normal right but it's good to know and that you're creating a space for this to be a normalized conversation and really a way that we could be in community together so I'm just happy about this and always grateful that, you know, I could actually have these conversations with you, whether it's on your podcast or off your podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's really great. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Amen. Loved having you back. Um, so today y'all, we're going to get into the idea of biblical integrity and living out our lives in a way that honors God. Um, and a lot of that, what does that mean? I'll give you an actual definition of integrity, but really in a sense, my observation is that culture has become so pervasive that we look more like it than we look like Jesus. And the point when we receive salvation is that it begins to transform us. So we are set apart and consecrated, which means we look different. We act different. We speak different. We think different, all the things, um, we do it in a way that is countercultural. And so how do we look at integrity through that lens? Um, the definition is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. It's the state of being whole and undivided. And I think I love that idea of whole and undivided because it really brings in the concept of idolatry and the battle of flesh and spirit of when we become members of the body of Christ and the kingdom of God, we have to really submit ourselves to letting go of the flesh to take on more of the spirit. And so the first uh, verse I want to share with us today is Psalms 101.6, which is actually the scripture um, behind our podcast here at the sit down community. And it says, my eyes favor the faithful of the land so that they may sit down with me. The one who follows the way of integrity may serve me. And I'm going to jump to second Chronicles 16, nine. It kind of piggybacks on that a bit. It says the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And I think when I look at that 
in terms of integrity and living out our lives according to the will of God, it's really bringing it back to that definition of whole and undivided. Being completely his means that we are participating in our own transformation, um, our transformation to look more like Christ, our transformation to learn more about the word of God, which means we learn more about who Jesus was, what his ministry was, the impact, the legacy of that is. It literally changed the entire trajectory of history when Jesus came. And it also teaches us about God and Holy Spirit and just discipleship and what that looks like. Um, so to really focus in on that idea of being completely his means we are whole in Christ and Christ's fullness. And we also have our undivided attention on him. Um, and so I think, why don't we unpack that a little bit before I move to the next round of scripture? What do you think, Deanna, what for you has it looked like to, live out integrity that is gospel centered, that is also rooted in just the beautiful intimacy of our communication with God. Um, what does that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, as you're reading Psalms 101, it reminded me of Psalms 18, uh, Psalms 18, 25 to the faithful, you show yourself faithful mm-hmm. to those with integrity. You yeah. show yourself with integrity. And so when we talk about integrity um, from a spiritual perspective, it's really understanding that that's what God responds to, right? Um, it's aligning ourselves with truly God's character. Um, yeah. For myself personally, how I've seen integrity work out in my walk, in my, in my faith, especially in my relationship with Jesus Christ, is really just being knowing that I've been honest with myself being Mm -hmm. honest about my situation whether we're talking about the stuff that we don't want to talk about out loud so the sexual immorality the bad relationship the the person you just cursed out the other day whatever that thing looks like for you or as we would say you know whatever that sin was that you committed however you want to frame it But it's those things I think that we're afraid to talk about out loud that when you have integrity and you're able to bring that before God, he honors that. And so for me, um, it was really understanding, like that was kind of my power in this walk. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wow, when I'm honest about my stuff and when I'm like really bringing it to like, whether it be in prayer or just honestly, and I think this is a hard thing for a lot of people to do, but when you're able to be honest with your community, you know, I don't know what community looks like for some folks. And I do understand like, yeah, some, sometimes you have a toxic community or Mm -hmm. people that just want to get your prayer requests so that they could actually go and gossip. And I believe Lord gives us discernment to Mm -hmm. decipher the difference. Um, but when you are in an integrous community with people who actually have relationships with Jesus Christ and who are actually um, present for your your good, right, or mm-hmm. your benefit, the benefit of you, um, then you're able to be honest with them and have those really serious, like, hey, this is really where I'm at. Um, this is not a place I maybe want to necessarily be, but pray with me, pray pray for me, however that may go. 
Um, I believe it's somewhere in New Testament. I cannot quote where, and Steph, maybe you could back me up on this, but uh, prayer of a reverent person availeth much. And so when we break down really what words mean, because that is important, reverent means authentic, right? It goes back to what we're talking about when we say integrity, honesty. You have to, it's, it's one thing to pray, but it's another thing when we pray and we mean it. It's coming from an honest place in our hearts. Yeah. And, if, and, that, and I believe for a lot of folks, this is why we don't see prayer manifest or come to life is because it's not coming from an honest place. So how do we then get to, you know, live out essentially the things that we're praying for, whether it be for ourselves or others? Um, how do we then get to really uh, experience God in a full, complete way as you defined by uh, spiritual integrity? It's being able to have that for yourself so that you can experience the fullness of Christ, so that you can experience even the fullness of yourself, which a lot of us, I believe, we don't learn the complete or wholeness of ourselves until we come to grips with Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. That's so powerful. I think too, when we're looking at integrity, um, the world will make it really appealing to have self-preservation really be prioritized over integrity to God. Uh, I've heard it said before, like, well, I don't want to become less myself to be more like Jesus, or I don't want to feel like I have to be someone I'm not by becoming a Christian. And it's like, actually you become more of who God intended you to be when you truly yes. invest in it. And so it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it just, it's a burden on my heart when people, um, either, you know, disconnect from a Christian community, from a church, disconnect from the Bible and to prayer. Those are your direct access lines and phone lines to the father. Yeah. And so I think it's really tough. And, um, and it's something we really need to look into more of like how, prevalent God are my idols in my life. Are they before Mm -hmm. you? Are they surrounding? Like I got one and two idols, then I have God. And then I have more idols. Like where on my priority list are you God? And really Mm -hmm. looking at that and being willing to be humble and say, God, please expose me of myself. Like expose me of the areas where I have an entitlement towards my life and what I have. And trying to preserve what I've created where really it's no God created your wealth and the things you have. And he instilled in you different gifts to be able to obtain those things. And so really looking at it, you know, you and I were discussing before we got on today of there's wealth, there's sexual immorality, there's addiction, there's greed, there's envy, there's anger, there's dissension. There's so many different idols and ways we can become just totally stuck in these postures of sin. Um, And I think it's really interesting to look at it. Even let's take wealth, for instance. Um, I was talking with a friend earlier today, actually, and I said, okay, how do we mismanage our wealth? And I think for me, my perspective is we often become so hungry for wealth of, well, I have this wealth. I deserve to go on this vacation. I deserve to buy this bag. I deserve to get this. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And where are the first fruits of our wealth going? Are they going back to the Lord first before we're able to utilize our wealth? I think 
you know, the Lord never, I don't believe he intends us to be in poverty, but I also don't believe that he intends for us to just go absolutely wild with our wealth. Um, and I think the other side of that, my friend was sharing, she's like, what about the widows and the orphans? And that's the ones who are believers, unbelievers. Are we going out and serving them? Are we going out and finding them even? And so really looking at the ways in which, um, there's so many idols that get in the way of our integrity, um, and specifically in our selflessness too. I think, um, that's something I've been looking at more is my heart towards other people, especially in this season where it's just, it feels like constant transitions from one thing to the next. Um, but it's challenging. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is like the ugly work that no one really tells you about, but it's the beautiful work because it's where God is so active to show his faithfulness and his sufficiency and mercy when we feel like we can't keep going. Um, but I think it's just a beautiful testimony to how, how much ownership he takes over us to make sure we're sustained and kept. But, um, what do you think in terms of just looking at culture? How do you think we've gone off track? Yeah, I believe, you know, at least piggybacking off what you just said about, you know, wealth. And even when you talk about like the widows and orphans uh, orphans in context of scripture, when we look at that, you know, and I essentially see word as, as, you know, here's the word of God and then here's real life, right? Mm-hmm. How then does the word of God kind of reflect in real life? And a lot of times, you know, if you're in the word and, and you're, you know, asking like, okay, Lord, reveal to me what you want me to see. Then Lord, the Holy Spirit, I believe is very, very, (laughs) he makes it very possible to make those real life connections. And so when you said wealth, Stephanie, um, I know immediately people think money, right? Um, But I would say how the, how we as a society or even people have gotten off track is we kind of put things in one box. You know what I mean? how are we defining wealth? And when, when I think of wealth, I think of, okay, what's my, what's my mind doing? Like, what's my physical, right? Like, am I just financially wealthy or am I mentally, you know, physically, emotionally wealthy? Because those are also ways in which we can be wealthy too. Um, And so when we talk about then how, how do we give? And I think, that just goes back to being honest with ourselves, right? How can we give? Um, I was actually challenged once because there was a season, um, past season in my life where I felt like, Lord, I'm not tithing. And if I'm being honest, like I don't, at the time I was like, I don't see the significance of why I need to tithe. You know what I mean? And um, someone put it into perspective, like, well, you know, the reason you have a job is because the Lord blessed you to get that job. Mm. And I guess for me, I didn't see it that way. Kind of what you were saying is I saw it as I got this job because of my qualifications, my education, my work experience, the fact that I interviewed, you know, and so going back to myself and then really having to kind of step out of that to say like, no, well, how did I even get my intellectual ability, my creativity, Mm -hmm 
the fact to even comprehend, because let's be real, everyone doesn't comprehend, you know, everyone doesn't get to these levels of whether it be education, work, whatever, like that is something God has blessed you with. And so it wasn't until I was challenged in that way to where I realized like, you know, they're right. Like I have what I have because of what God has given me, whether that be the tangible, like hard degree or the resume or the actual, like just mental working ability of my mind or the posture of my heart. Like none of that is just like, you know, something I get, I've given myself, right. It's, it's something God has either allowed me to experience or that I would, or that he allowed me to be born with that I'm able to even have these things. And so um, as far as I know, you said how we've gotten all tra- off track is one, definitely, I think it's how we define things. Mm. Um, and just our, our limited ability to like, put things into I think, what well, one thing we do a lot of is we categorize and we generalize and mm-hmm. we kind of narrow our, our focus or our attention to like, oh, this is this one thing. And we only see it that one way, because that's probably how our minds work for the most part. Or it's been um, even how we don't think outside the box. So I would even say like in my experience, when it came to um, giving of myself and giving of uh, really what I had, I had to also understand like God isn't just requiring my wealth, like Mm -hmm. my actual money to put back into his kingdom. Like he's requiring my time. He's requiring my talents, you know, things that I naturally have that he's giving me, these are things he also would like of me. And, you know, um, I think they called it the three T's. Somebody said, have you heard of the three T's? I was like, what is that? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So the three T's are your talents, your treasures and your time. Mm -hmm. Like those are the three things that we can give to God at any point and really at any time. And it's just like, we don't realize that just even taking the time to give him, whether it be, you know, your creative ability, uh, whatever your talents, natural, your natural talents are, you know, your treasures, meaning your money, maybe it's something that you're, you know, holding on to for a long time, because you're, you know, obsessed with it or, or possessed with it. I don't know. But you know what I mean? These are things. (laughs) These are definitely things that like, you know, when you realize it's something that you can't let go of and going back to what you said, Stephanie, like, how do we know what are idols in our life? It's Mm -hmm. typically the things that you're having a hard time letting go of that you're putting before your time and, and the things that you could be doing with God. And so, you know, I would, I would just simply ask the question of what do you naturally put before the time that you would spend with God? What do you naturally um, give energy to before you give to God? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, where does your money go before you give it to the kingdom of God? And so, you know, if, if just even sitting with those questions and then reflecting and having integrity to say, this is where I'm actually giving these things to, you know, that in and of itself is just a very practical way um, that I've used, but that can be utilized to help identify just areas in your life that if you really want to move past those things, um, you can, and it it gives you at least a starting place. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's so good. 
Yeah. Just really looking at, you know, like, what do I have? What am I giving my attention to before the Lord? Or what am I unwilling to let go of that? I know God's telling me to, or maybe you're completely ignoring what he's telling you to let go of. I think even in terms of one of my frustrations really that has been pretty heavy on my heart the last um, year has been just talking with other believers and having conversations about how they interact with the word of God and, and how much authority they give to that in their lives and, and how much reverence they give to the word being um, such a good, obviously a good word, but also a good navigation system of sorts. Like the word of God teaches us who Jesus is. It teaches us who God is. It teaches us about Holy spirit and discipleship and love and all these different things. And I have quite a few people who surprise me in that um, they've stopped reading the Bible altogether, or they pick and choose what they want to you know, implement and align with, and it becomes frustrating of nowhere in the Bible that I know of, does it say God's going to give you a comfortable life and you get to have whatever you (laughs) want. And it's going to be amazing. Like, no, these people went through like the mess and the ringer. And Mm -hmm. so it honestly feels really irreverent to the Lord to say, you know what? I like what you say here, but that part in that verse, it's a no for me. Like it just to say that to God, even to just say it as an example, I'm like, it's like cringeworthy because I am so thankful that the Lord would give people the capacity to write um, the words that are in this Bible so that we thousands of years later can hold it and and recognize it's really giving us a heritage of where we come from, as well as the knowledge of our inheritance as believers that we get to um, have the gift of eternity. And Jesus gave it to us for free. Like he took on all the burdens so we wouldn't have to carry the weight. Like, how could I look at the text and say, all right, God, I'll take that, but I won't take that part. I think that's really challenging. Um, and I've done it before in the past, so it's not like, you know, I'm not guilty of it, but I think it's really challenging now that I'm in a season of, of more focus in my faith. It's really sad of like, Oh no, I have friends who either are still or were in the past in my inner circle. And it's like, what happened? Like, how, and then I think to myself, like, how could I have encouraged you more in this area? Or how could, um, you know, we've been accountable for each other to stay, um, in line with integrity and, and really going after God's heart for his people. And I think it's hard that goes for sexual immorality too. And, and just looking at how pervasive culture it's been in culture, it's been, Um, towards addiction, choosing our vice over the Lord. I mean, every single thing we listed earlier, there's so much um, just brokenness in each part of that, where we are choosing the world over God. And I think just as we begin to wrap up, I want to share first, um, before Deanna and I decided to do this episode, she sent me just a really powerful message. um, And then I want to follow that with a question that's in, in Genesis. And I think really important to um, go into, but she messaged me and she said, integrity legitimately empowers us to do the right thing among those 
who would not? Integrity keeps us aligned with God's righteousness. We are rewarded by God for doing the right thing. And I think that just goes back even to um, Psalms 18 that Deanna was sharing of like, to those who are faithful to God, he will show himself faithful too. Mm -hmm. And when we look at culture, culture will always ask us the same question that Satan asked Eve in Genesis 3.1. Did God really say, did God really say don't eat from the tree? Did God really say give 10% or more of your finances back to the church, back to these ministries? Did God really say, you know, save yourself for marriage or don't sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or did God really say, don't get drunk or, you know, use drugs or whatever the case may be. Did God really say, don't be angry. Did God really say act in love? Did God really say, do whatever you can to be in peace with other people? That is literally the first question in the Bible is from Satan and it's used to instill doubt in the listener's ear. And I think that's something we have to fight against in culture is that idea of culture is always going to say, did God really say, and it can come from, you know, whatever intention that that person or that, that place holds for you, but we have to be really cautious and really just aligned um, with God in our prayer lives and our knowledge of his word so that we can know that, no, that's exactly what God says. That's what God wants for me and what, what he wants for you and other people. Um, what do you think about that, Deanna? Yeah. The, the latter part, as far as culture instilling doubt with the question like that or similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, it, it definitely happens. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to sound different depending on the circumstance. And I should be clear, the question is going to sound different depending on the circumstance, whom you're talking to, and then what you're actually talking about. Um, I think I've heard a question a lot like that in the season where I knew I was waiting on God to deliver my husband. I I was like, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Like, I know (laughs) you've made somebody just for me. Like, you know, I've declared every word I could find Mm -hmm. um, over that part of my life for sure. But in that season, I vividly remember um, just people like, but how do you know? And what if, and but, and what if he's this, or what if it's not that? And I'm just like, you know, one thing I do know is the Lord knows me and he knows my heart and he knows he would not set me up to be an adulteress. So Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about any of that. I am trusting God and I know he is going to Mm -hmm. satisfy me wholly, completely. And I, I, what I did was in doing that, not knowing this then, but really reflecting and looking back at it, what I was doing was I was standing firm in my faith. And -hmm. because I didn't waver, he delivered. Yeah. And I got, I got more than what I asked for, to be honest. Like I got what I didn't even know I needed to. Um, But it was just like being able to not waver. And, you know, it's a, it's still worth that I live by. And Matthew, um, I want to say 22, 22nd chapter, verse 21, maybe. Don't quote me, guys, but <laughs> you could look up this scripture. But it's literally like whatever you do without doubting, 
ask God and he will give it to you. Mm-hmm. Or you will, some, some variations say you shall receive. Right. But the, the beauty of it is without doubting, ask God and he will give it to you. So there's like no doubt that God can and will. His word already says that. Yeah. The only thing that's being then required of you is to have faith without doubting. Mm-hmm. And so the thing with that is that, I mean, of course, naturally, as we walk this life, Steph, you said it earlier, and I kind of giggled a bit, but you're right. Nowhere in scripture does it say like, this is like, your walk is going to be beautiful. And the skies are always going to be bright and blue. And the sun is going to be shining down on your glorious skin. And you're going to have a nice twilight glow, you know, like never, never, ever has scripture Mm -hmm. said that. And so, you know, I think part of just when we talk about being honest is when we even come to accept the call of Christ on our life is to be able to say, okay, I understand that my life is always going to be, you know, um, challenged at this point. You know, I understand in accepting this call that I'm always going to kind of sit in the space of discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be stretched out of some areas that maybe are accustomed, I'm accustomed to, or that are very comfortable for me, but for Christ's sake, you know, and it's, it's, so it's like, it's coming into like this real reality and the honest to God truth that, Hey, if you're going to walk this walk, like, no, it's not going to be easy, but I, and I believe this to be true. The difference is, even though it's not easy, but because you actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm-hmm. He empowers you to make it easy, like to help ease that, you know, whatever that is for you. So ease that burden, ease that pain. Like, oh man, you're going through a really hard season right now, but God is still giving you peace in the midst of that. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it's just that relationship with Jesus Christ that I think makes the biggest difference when you see two people going through the same thing, yeah. but maybe one doesn't know Christ yet. Mm-hmm. And so um, as far as like, just, you know, temp- being tempted and culture, I mean, culture is always going to do that. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was just recently um, talking with my, my really my best friend basically about um, she, we were talking and it was just like understanding that, you know, it's okay to have standards. Like, you know, we, yeah. we realized just looking at life and just different dynamics of different relationships in our lives. Like there are people that literally will try to make you seem like you are being unreasonable or, or difficult, so to say, because you have a boundary or a standard, so to say of how you want to be treated or how, you know, you should be treated. Right. Um, and, and, and asserting that whether it be in a loving or, or very firm way. And so, um, One thing I have found just if we're talking about culture that I used to get a lot of, um, not so much now because my, the dynamics in my circle looks different. So I don't have people around me that would even question it anymore. Um, But one thing I used to hear a lot is, oh, you're, you act like you're on a high horse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would have to pause and sit with that because I'm like, where's that coming from? Like, 
Is that like, what have I actually demonstrated to show that I'm on a high horse? You know what I mean? And so really just sitting with that and reflecting, cause I'm very reflective, but I, I had to realize like, no, this was the situation. It was inappropriate for me. I, I set my boundary right. and I asserted that this is not something that I want to partake in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, this is my standard for how I do things. And that then being taken as a, oh, because now you don't want to do it. It makes you better than me. But that's not even the case. It's just the fact that that is not, that's just not what I'm doing. And it has nothing to do with judging you. Now, if you feel judged by it, then maybe that's something that the person needs to sit with. Right. Right. Um, But I'm not doing that. And so going back to like, it's totally like, what I do find to be true in my experience is that when you are somebody who holds a standard for yourself, a standard for your life, you have healthy boundaries. Typically what happens is people that don't are going to challenge that people that don't are not going to fully respect that people who don't would probably say under underhanded things like you're so high on your high horse, but you, you have to then I would say challenge what is being said to really sit and say, okay, am I actually acting like I'm better than somebody or am I just holding myself accountable? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that's the thing I I would say comes from all that is that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're someone who walks with integrity, like you just find a lot of people don't (laughs) like, yeah, I've straight up told people that I love who are near and dear to me. Hey, I love you, but I am not lying for you. Mm, That's good. And, you know, and, and just the, just the fact that when you tell people that they, that you, you realize that they expected you to Mm. is a whole nother thing. And so I'm like, what was it about me that, that you thought or expected me to lie for you like that mm-hmm. part of me was going to lie for you like I for me I, I guess I'm just I cannot compromise my integrity and when I even feel that I'm put in a situation or around people that uh were my well, literally I it's almost like you could feel it like happening it's like oh this is a situation that could lead to this I don't want to put myself there. And so ultimately you just don't even do it because like, you know, at the end of the day, I need to hold myself accountable at the end of the day. I need to be able to wake up and, or, you know, come back home and and know I did the right thing. And, you know, and I think that's just going back to why it's so important that we actually have our own personal relationships with Jesus Christ. Because if you don't know, literally the most integrous person you're ever going to meet in your life, then you have no idea what true integrity is supposed to look like. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's just kind of what I have to say on that. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) And I think integrity will also be um, offensive to those who don't have it or don't live it out to its, its whole and undivided extent. Um, Mm -hmm. I think holiness can be, misconstrued as self-righteousness. And obviously we do need to check our spirit if we are being self-righteous, but holiness looks different, but I hope you guys, um, are just encouraged of what can be talked about in 30 minutes, guys, like 
go out and have these conversations with your circle. Like they are so important um, just in terms of accountability, but community and um, just really walking out these important topics with one another. Um, So as we close out, I'm going to have Deanna pray for us. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, Lord. And we thank you just for giving us another opportunity to come before you and to have conversations that are centered around you, Lord, your character, and Lord, your word. And so, Father, right now, I just pray that every listening voice, every person right now, Lord, whether they exceed are exceedingly above with their integrity, whether they're being challenged by culture and where their integrity is, Lord, I just pray that you would show them what integrity, what true spiritual integrity looks like, Lord, through you, making them full, complete human beings in you, Lord. I pray that you would show them your way and let them not lean on their own understanding. Lord, I know that as you love those, you correct them too. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just lovingly correct those you love. And Lord, for um, anyone who doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you would just send your Holy Spirit to really speak to them, Lord, whether it be through this podcast or through the week, whatever it is they're doing, Father, but we pray that um, they get to know you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We love you in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's a wrap. Another amazing conversation. I love it. I hope you guys yeah. loved it as well. We love just coming together and talking about anything. Honestly, our conversations are always great. So, all right, everyone, we will see you next week for another episode of the sit down community podcast.